Growing in God's Word and learning what it means to take up our cross and follow Jesus. This is Crosswalk with Pastor Clay Stevens from Cross Culture Church in Raleigh. I've got one of these new iPhones. It's supposed to be just packed with information. Let's uh, let's give something a try here. Uh, what's your name? My name is Siri. Hey Siri, what's the meaning of life? I find it odd that you would ask this of an inanimate object. Okay, let's try this again. What's the meaning of life? It's a philosophical question concerning the purpose and significance of life or existence in general. Is that your final answer? I give up. Have you ever thought about what the purpose of life is? It's a pretty deep question, but it's a pretty important question as well, because how you answer that question will go a long way toward determining how you live your life. I believe that the purpose of life can be summed up in one word, relationship. I'm Rick Freeman. Welcome to Crosswalk. If you've been with us, you probably know that we're in the middle of a series entitled 2012, The Days After Tomorrow. It's an in-depth study of Jesus' teaching on the end times found in Matthew chapters 24 and 25. We hope you're enjoying the study, but today we're taking a little break to focus on something that's a very important part of the life of Cross Culture Church, life groups. As you're going to hear Pastor Clay say today, life groups, small groups of men and women who meet together during the week, are the best tool we have for building our relationship with God and with each other. And as Pastor Clay is going to explain, relationships are the purpose of life. What is the meaning of life or what is the purpose of life? That's really where we're going with this, right? What what is the meaning of life? Why do we exist? What is the purpose of life? Now, that may seem like a a highly philosophical question and a strange one to ask uh, on Life Group Emphasis Sunday, but it actually has great relevance for our discussion this morning on life groups. Now, it's no shocker that the point of having a life group emphasis Sunday is to emphasize our, that's right, what they are, what they do, why you need to be a part of one. And nobody here who is not in a life group currently would be surprised to hear us try and convince you that you need to be in a life group, right? Everybody is expecting that, right? So, so we're, not, we're, not, we're not trying to fool anybody. There's no bait and switch going on here. You know, we're not trying to slide anything in when, when you're not looking. That being said, coming back to the question, what is the purpose of life? Now, depending on who you ask, you could get several different answers to that question. Siri had a couple of different answers to that question. Uh, But some people would answer that question, most certainly would answer that question and say, well, the the purpose of life is is to uh, go for the gusto, as they used to say. That was an old term. The purpose of life is to uh, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. The purpose of life is to, uh, to do all you can. It's to get all you can, do all you can, experience all you can for as long as you can before you kick the can. That is the purpose of life. Well, hopefully, followers of Jesus understand that that is the wrong answer. Hopefully, 
A person who has committed his or her life to Jesus Christ understands that life is much more than thrill-seeking and stuff-accumulating. Hopefully we understand that it is more than that. Now, some people would say that the purpose of life is to glorify God. Someone else might say the, the purpose of life is to worship God. And obviously there's some connectedness perhaps between those two. And I certainly would not argue with either one of those last two answers as a part of our life, as a part of our purpose and our existence in life. But of themselves, left to themselves, the idea that we were created, that our purpose in life is, is to, to glorify God, to worship God, in my opinion, that paints a, a false or or an inadequate picture of God. Because it leaves us with the idea, again, this is, this is my understanding of Scripture as I look at it. You may or may not agree, but as I look at Scripture, as I study the person of God and who God is, it, it would appear to me that if we begin to say that the only reason I'm created is to, is to glorify God, that's the only purpose in my life, then, then that implies to me that God is some sort of egomaniac, that has to be worshipped, that has to be glorified, and that you and I were created simply for this purpose of of worshipping and and bringing glory to God. And that implies that God needs to be glorified, that God needs to be worshipped. And ladies and gentlemen, listen to me, God doesn't need anything. Now, stay with me. Uh, because what I'm going to say here, you need to think about it a little bit. It requires a little bit of thinking and stay with me. God deserves to be glorified. God deserves all glory for who he is and for what he has done. God should be worshipped. Our lives should glorify God. We should worship God with our very existence. Not simply when we gather in here on Sunday morning, but with our very lives. We, it should be an expression of worship To God, but that is not the same thing as saying that God needs those things and that it was for that purpose that we were created. No, I do not have time to go into it too extensively this morning, but I believe that I can build a biblical case for the fact that I believe that the purpose of life can be summed up in one word relationship. You and I were created for relationship. First and foremost, relationship with God. This perhaps familiar passage of Scripture to you in Genesis chapter 1, we find these words. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Now, to be created in the image of God is something that has been discussed and debated probably since the beginning of time, ladies and gentlemen. But in the very least, this passage of Scripture and this idea, at the very least, it tells us that God desires for us to have a connectedness to Him. That God desires for us to have something with Him. You and I were created for a relationship with God. Ladies and gentlemen, he is not some far, distant, cold, uncaring, uninvolved God. 
that somehow just kind of got it all started and then, and then stepped away and then took his hands off the wheels and off the wheel. No, that's not God. God desires to be an up-close God in your life. God desires that you would have a personal, powerful, intimate relationship with Him. And you were created for that very purpose. We were created for a relationship with God. But we were also created for a relationship with others. In Genesis chapter 2, we find this. Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. Now, if you're familiar with Genesis chapter 2, you understand that the context here is dealing with a relationship between a man and a woman in marriage and the importance of that. But the principle stands true and, and the Bible reveals that you and I need each other. We need a relationship. We need a connectedness. And it's particularly important for those of us who have received Jesus Christ as our personal Savior and been adopted into the family of God. It is particularly important for us to understand the importance of this relationship that we are supposed to have together and what this relationship is supposed to look like. In Romans chapter 12, we find this. So, we who are many are one, say that word with me please, body in Christ and individually members one of another. I belong to you, you belong to me. We are connected into this thing in a way that nothing else in the world has. Do you, do you know that? 1 Corinthians chapter 12. For even as the body is one and yet has many members... And all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body. So also is Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free man. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. It is a connectedness. It is relationship that you and I are called to be a part of. Got it. Relationship. Got it. Supposed to have it. Got it. Supposed to have one with God. Yep. Supposed to have one with other people. Got it. But what has any of that to do with life groups? I'm going to tell you. Because, ladies and gentlemen, life groups are the single best tool that you and I have for the development of and the progression of our relationships, both with God and with each other. Relationships. I want you to open your Bible this morning to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 41 through 47, a little bit different this morning. We're emphasizing life groups, and, and I'm not going to necessarily walk verse by verse through these verses as I do uh, most of the time, but I think you're going to be able to pull, see from these verses what we're talking about in this idea of this relationship with God and this relationship with others and how that it's actually the fulfillment of our purpose in life when we are in those relationships. Acts chapter 2, 
verse 41 this morning. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. This is after Peter's sermon at Pentecost. 3,000, 3,000 like the sound of 3,000 souls baptized, people baptized at one time. But that was a long baptism service. Awesome. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. Watch this. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, And to prayer. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And all those who had believed were together. Look this up last night on the Greek. It literally says, we're on the same. We're on the same. I just like that. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. In koinah. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing them with all as anyone might have need. Day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those Who are being saved. This, ladies and gentlemen, is the church at its finest. I mean, this this is just this is just exciting. I mean, wouldn't you like to be a part of something like that? I mean, really, for real. Wouldn't you like to just see God move in such a powerful way that it just can't even be explained? And I mean, all of Jerusalem was buzzing about this, this church, this new thing, these gathered ones. And everybody in Jerusalem was buzzing about it. And people were coming into the body of Christ every day. And each person was coming alongside of each other and seeing what needs they had. And ministering to each other and and meeting each other's needs. And doing life together. And then God was turning around and using that. We'll talk about this in a minute. God was turning around and using that then to draw other people into that gathering of people. Because people looked at it and they said, wow, I'd sure like to be a part of something like that. I wonder what I have to do. And somebody told them. This is the church at its finest. It wasn't perfect. I mean, you, you read through the letters of the New Testament, and you read about church members fighting among themselves. You read about gossip. You read about immorality. You read about lying and covetousness and worldliness. Pretty much the same thing the church deals with today. It wasn't perfect. But when they got it right, it worked stupid good. When they got it right, it worked spectacularly well. And it came down to relationships with God and with each other. We have life groups at Cross Culture Church. They are designed to meet an essential part of our walk with Jesus Christ. Large large gathering, church-wide gathering on Sunday, worship, singing, teaching, wonderful, good, biblical, but it's not all. The church you read about in Acts chapter 2 and further on through the book of Acts, it was much more than that. We have five elements to our life group. 
And I'm glad we call them elements because what, what jumps out to me in Acts chapter 2 is that the people there, they weren't perfect. The church there, it wasn't perfect, but there was a chemistry there. There was, a, there was a, you could say, a spiritual chemistry between those people, a connectedness. We have five elements, real quickly, in our life groups. To be honest with you, we haven't always done all five of those elements as well as we should have, individually in, in life groups or, or, or as a church. But in 2012, we are committed to working hard to seeing all five of these elements make for the right chemistry for the life groups and for the church overall as a result of that. I want to walk through these with you uh, kind of quickly. You were given, uh, in, along, among other things in your material this morning, this uh, life group card, the chemistry of a life group. So maybe you've already looked over some of that. Maybe you've read the back. You're taking that with you hopefully today, and uh, you're going to be thinking seriously about that. But let's walk through the chemistry of a life group. We'll start with this one. We start with C, community. It is life together. That's what it is. It looks this way, I think, on your cards. Living life with God and fellow Christians. Life groups are where we can get to know others and they can get to know us. We build relationships, gain new friends, and share common experiences through our common bond, Jesus Christ. It's a place where we belong. I love that last sentence. It's a place where we belong. Because, some of you know this, especially if you were in our Cross Culture Connect class last week. We had about 30 of y'all in there. Praise Jesus. But in that class, some of you heard me say that it may sound irreverent, but if I could pick a theme song for Cross Culture Church, that theme song would be the theme song from the old television sitcom Cheers. Y'all remember that song? Y'all remember? Come on, you do. You know you do. You watched it. Come on. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Oh, I'm not done. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot, right? Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name and they're always glad you came. You want to go where people go. People are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. You know what we call that? Community. Life group. And it's a part of who we are. This one body. All right, I could dance on that one a while, but we... we no, wait, wait. Before we move on. Before we move on. Toby Hill, come up here and share, if you will, just about Life Group and what it has meant for you all. Yeah, make her feel welcome as she comes. Hi, I'm Toby. Um, I started coming across culture and I met Dave and Cindy and they invited me to their Life Group and he gave me his card and everything, and I wasn't going to call, I don't think, because I was just coming to church just every now and then. And then I was sitting in the library, kind of stressed, looking for a job, and Dave called me and said, hey, you know, just wanted to check up, because I turned in the little card from church, and so he had my number. And um, he invited me to his house to talk to him, and then that led to going to the life groups. And um, I started coming to church, like, religiously every Sunday after that. Um, <laughs> and life group, I really enjoy going. Um, I've met a lot of people, a lot of friends. And um, so the life groups, um, they really helped me out, I mean, with um, just talking about 
everything as far as life and God, the Bible. Um, it's helping me understand it more. I really, that's kind of why I wasn't going to church um, previous years. And I just decided to come because I want to learn more about it. And Life Group really adds to to it more, coming to church and helping me understand it more. And the people that I've met just um, like with the pregnancy, they've brought me some lunches and it's like you don't even ask for stuff they just kind of know what you need and they just are there for you so it's really really great and um that's I mean there's a lot of other things I mean I met Ashley Ashley gave us a crib for the baby we didn't ask for it she just offered it and so I mean it's like it's unbelievable what life group has done I love going and my daughter goes also to Dave's life group meeting, and um, my boyfriend, and we just really enjoy it. Thank you, Toby. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. It's investing in people's lives. It's knowing that we're not perfect, but that we're working at this thing, and that God is shaping us in the image of who he desired for us to be, and he does that through our relationship with him in our relationship with others. Do you know in John chapter 17, what's known as the high priestly prayer, Jesus prayed that his followers, get this, he prayed that his followers would be one as he and the Father are one. Is that an astounding statement or what? Because God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit are perfect. They're perfect in unity. They're perfect in connectedness and closeness and love. And Jesus said that's the same thing he wants for us. He knows we're not perfect, but he also knows that we need this community. Second element, accountability. It's life checked. Keeping a healthy community sometimes, we need a spiritual checkup. Life groups provide opportunities to build trusted relationships where we can seek valuable advice that will help us maintain healthy relationships with God and people. Can I tell you this? We ought to care enough about each other to be able to say that, that, that my brother can say to me and, 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 and vice versa, hey, how you doing, man? Are you struggling or, or how's it going with your relationship with your spouse? Or, or it's accountability. We've missed you. Have you gotten to share your faith some this week? Why can't we do that? Why can't... Well, Maybe sometimes it's because we hadn't done much of it. (laughs) One of the things about the body of Christ and this idea of having all things together, they just laid it all on the table. It was just all the cards were out there and they just said, this is who I am with with my imperfections, my frailties, my, uh, my, my, my struggles. Help me to get to where God wants me to be. Accountability. Third, Bible. That's life directed. Guiding us into community with Jesus and others. Being a fully devoted follower means being a part of God's family. And the Bible directs us in all our relationships, specifically with God, our spiritual family, and our neighbors. It's life groups. It's studying God's word together, asking questions, uh, being able to research and study stuff like that. That's an intricate part of the life group community Bible. Fourth, service, life invested. Building and maintaining community by following the example of Jesus and his love, his followers meet one another's needs. Loving one another is a mark of all true believers. Life group is a place where believers contribute their love, gifts, talents, and ideas to the community. We come alongside each other. We meet each other's needs. Somebody says, hey, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be out of town for a week. Can you uh, watch my dog or water my plants or, 
or uh, uh, somebody's having a baby, we need to, whatever it is. It's serving the body, serving the body. Isn't that, isn't that how it's supposed to be? Isn't that, somewhere in the Bible, I'm just going to see, somewhere in the Bible says something about, Jesus says something like, by this all men will know you're my disciples, by the way you love one another. And, and love is not just a word that you say, something you show. We do that through service. And then, uh, last but not least, mission, life's purpose. Expanding community. God has commissioned his people to represent him in the world. Life groups work together to display and proclaim the good news of Jesus locally and to the far reaches of the world. One of the things that I was talking to somebody that said has really attracted them is the idea that, that we want our life groups to actually be on mission together. We do these things called uh, Love Your Neighbor Days where we ask life groups to, to pick a, a, some, some project during the course of the year to do three or four of these projects where they can minister in the neighborhood where they meet or they can, can do, however they do it. It's amazing some of the things that we've heard about what life groups have done. And then expanding beyond there to be thinking, I know that there are life groups thinking about, for instance, with the Peru trip this summer. What if a life group said, you know, we, our whole life, we could do that trip. We could do that. How awesome would that be? To see, to see your life group leader, you know, like asleep on the plank, like that, and you take a picture of him, post it on Facebook, drool coming out of the side of their mouth. It's mission. It's, it's, it's really our purpose, ultimate purpose, to, to engage the world with the message of Jesus. Those five functions, I'm flying through them quickly. You're taking this card with you. Uh, they give you a little overview. Listen. We're not perfect. We don't always get it right. We, we mess up sometimes. We miss it. We, oh, so-and-so didn't get this and this and that. We don't get it right all the time. But when we get it right, folks, it works stupid good. It works spectacularly well when we get it right. Samantha, come up and share just a second, if you will, please. Make her feel welcome as she comes. Um... I go to life group, middle school, with Dave, and you go, you get to hang out and meet a lot of new people. Then we start, we pray, and then we read the Bible. Favorite thing about life group is we get, I get to learn more about God and the mission trips like Peru. I also like when we play games like we and Pretty Pretty Princess. And it impacts my life because I feel I know God more. I always look forward to life group on Friday. Awesome. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you. Thanks for sharing that. Now, not every life group probably gets to do we, but maybe, maybe we should look at that and try that possibility. We do Guitar Hero or something like that. All right, real quickly, let me, uh, let me answer some questions about life groups as we move towards uh, wrapping uh, this emphasis up today. Uh, first question, when do life groups meet? Answer, anytime they want. Anytime they want. Life groups make the individual decision of what is the best day or night for them to meet. They, they have the liberty uh, to do that. Second question, where do life groups meet? Answer, Anywhere they want. Each life group decides the best geographical region for where they're going to meet. And we have life groups that meet in different parts of North Raleigh and in Durham. Maybe a couple other places, I'm not sure. But we sure could use a lot more. That I do know. 
But those life groups decide that. Third question, what do life groups study? Answer, anything they want. Now, we ask them that, that it be biblically based material. We ask them that, that it, it, Bill puts out a suggested, uh, some ideas of what different life groups are doing and things we come across, uh, great studies that can be done. He puts out some stuff like that. A life group may or may decide they want to go may not decide they want to go with something like that. All we ask is that if they pick something else, just kind of run it by Bill as kind of an accountability thing. But the life group is to say, hey, we want to do a study on this, or we want to study this book of the Bible, or we want to do a, a study about, about uh, marriage, or, or whatever it is. Yes, occasionally we, we'll do a church-wide study, and we'll ask all the life groups to participate in a church-wide study together. But for the most part, each life group decides what it is they want to study. Fourth question, most important question of all, What are you asking me to do? Answer, what God wants. All I'm asking you to do is what God wants you to do. God wants you to further develop the relationship that he has with you. Every single one of those five elements that we looked at in in just a few moments ago could be found in Acts chapter 2 in the church. Every one of them were in there. Every one of them were contributing to why the church was exploding and why people's lives were being changed. God wants you and me to go deeper in our relationship with him and our relationship with others. Is there anybody in here that would argue with that? God wants us to, to, to go further in this thing. He wants us to, to, to be all that he has called us to be. And quite frankly, life groups are the best tool we have for helping you and I get there in developing our relationships with God our relationship with God, and our relationships with others. That's why we've always tried to be very intentional. We may not have always done it as good as we could have, but we've always tried to be very intentional about, about emphasizing life groups. As a matter of fact, and quite frankly, life groups are not designed to be optional, ladies and gentlemen. There's an expectation at Cross Culture Church that every member be a part of a life group. Do we know you're busy? Yes. Do we know your plate is full? Uh, yeah. Do we know that, that, you're, that you're going here, there, and everywhere? Absolutely. But we also know that nothing, nothing, nothing is more important than your relationship with God and your relationship with the body of Christ. So, if you're not currently in a life group, we're asking you to consider joining a life group. We're going to pray in a few minutes. And in, in that time of prayer, I want you to pray. And if God says to you, I, I, don't, I don't want you in a life group, fine. If God says that whole interconnectedness thing, uh, that's really uh, not for you and I don't really care about it. So don't, don't worry about what he's saying up there. Fine. If God says... Life group, schmife group, that's all a waste of time. I don't, I don't need you to be involved in that. There's other things that I can have you doing. Fine. But on the off chance that God doesn't say that to you, we're asking you to consider trying a life group. And, he, and here's, the, here's the challenge. You were given a connect card and came in this morning. If you're not in a life group, I know some of you may be here for the very first time and you're thinking, dude, okay, all right, we'll give you a couple weeks. <laughs> If you're not in a life group, would you at least consider checking on the box there where it says there's a, there's a thing for life groups. You can just check life groups, legibly print your name, legibly being the key word there, 
legibly printing your name and a phone number or email, and or, you can put them both, but that's all. Don't you have to worry about your address? Name and email, name, phone number. That's it. Would you at least consider letting Pastor Bill make contact with you and just walk you through what is a life group, uh, where all do they meet, what we're looking for, the, the needs that we have for, for more, all of that kind of stuff, but just show you some of the options and, and just try and help you at least get started in this thing called life group, which helps fulfill your purpose in life. That's what we're asking you to do. If you're already in a life group, and you would at least consider the idea of possibly leading a life group, check life group, put your name, email or phone number, and at least consider let, letting Bill call you and talk to you about that. By the way, let me say a word about that. Number one reason I think that we always receive people feel inadequate, unprepared, not ready yet, don't know enough. As Bill said earlier, ladies and gentlemen, God doesn't want your ability. He simply wants your availability. If he gets your availability, all the rest of that stuff will take care of itself. And if you are currently in a life group, but maybe you're not ready to be a leader yet or whatever, but maybe you'd like to just write down that you're just recommitting to this whole life group thing and the importance of it for your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Andy Stanley uh, pastors one of the largest churches in America. Andy and his church, North Point Church, are deeply committed to this idea of small groups. I don't know if they call them life groups or not. I can't remember, but it's the same thing. I want you to watch this short video where Andy talks about that. The most motivating thing of all for us, and this may not mean anything to you. This may be like a big so what to you, but this is so huge to us. You see, as I've evaluated, we've been in group a long time now. As I've evaluated our history, I'm convinced of this for me and for you if you're in group life. I believe that being in a community group that's committed to meet for a year to 18 months and dividing, a year and 18 months and dividing, I'm convinced that if we stay in community group and keep leading groups, that group gives Sandra and I more potential to impact more people directly and indirectly than anything else we can do together or alone, including my preaching on Sunday mornings. I believe that together by being involved in groups, Sandra and I have the potential to impact more people directly and indirectly in their relationship with Christ than anything else we could do together or that I could do by myself. Let me explain it to you this way. Let me ask you some questions. The first one you do know the answer to. How many of you plan to be alive nine years from now? You, you think you'd make it another nine years? This guy over here asked his wife. She said it's okay to raise his hand. kid. <laughs> Okay, now here's the question you don't have an answer to. Okay, we, well, you know, everybody's basically thinking, okay, I got another good nine years in me. Here, here, here's the next two questions. First question is this. How many people do you plan to influence for Christ directly or indirectly in the next nine years? How many people? You go, I don't know. I never thought about it. Okay, here's the next question you probably don't have an answer to. What's your plan for impacting people in their relationship with God, their relationship with Christ over the next nine years? What's your plan? Well, like if somebody comes up and says, how can I become a Christian? I would tell them. Well, that's a plan. Okay. Um, I'll, um, I don't know, honk my horn going out of the neighborhood on Sunday morning. You know, we're going to church. I, I, don't, I don't have a plan. You know, who's, I don't have, that's a silly question. Those are preacher questions. You leave me alone. I don't have any numbers. I don't have a plan. I'm just going to live my life and be a good example. You know, how about I'll put a fish on the back? You know, I don't have a plan. Okay. <laughs> I understand that, so, so let, me, let, me, let me share something with you, okay? Until you come up with a plan, or until you come up with a better plan, would you just consider this plan? 
This plan is simple. You don't have to sing, dance, learn to play the guitar, speak in public, you know, juggle. Not, you don't have to learn anything new. Listen to this. Did you know that if you will simply get in a community group and allow God to do what he wants to do in you and through you, and then at the year, end of a year or 18 months, start a new group and do that for another year, 18 months and start a new group. Did you know in nine years you would have impacted directly or indirectly over 640 people? Now, if you got a better nine-year plan, run your plan, share it with me. We'll you know, spend a weekend talking about it. But until you come up with a plan, why not do that? That simply by being in, just by participating in the system, you would have been a part of, by being in a group and just doing this for the next nine years, you're gonna do something, right? You would have been a, a part. And, and you say, these aren't just fictitious numbers to me because I've been doing this for over nine years. And as Sandra and I look at the leaders in groups and the hundreds of people that are in groups as a result of our first group, this is a reality. Now, let me tell you something that'll really blow your mind. If we could ever get our arms around this, we could make history together. You ready for this? Because of the number of people in our organization and all of our campuses, that are already in small groups, just the adults, not children, not college students, not high school students. If you just took the number of adults we currently have in small groups, if over the next nine years, we just continued to do group the way I've explained it, at the end of nine years, we would have over half a million people in groups. What we're asking you today is what Andy was saying there. If you've got a better plan for developing your relationship with God and your relationships with others, hey, Run with that plan. And please, share it with us if there's a more effective way to do that. But until you have a better plan, would you at least consider this plan? Would you at least consider and saying, you know what, I, I am busy. You know what, I'm not sure if I have the time. I'm not sure if this time works for me. But I will do life group. Because my relationship with God and my relationship with others is my purpose in life. And I'm committed to that. Father, in Jesus' name, as we close this morning, we're not going to take long. All I'm asking people to do is, is, uh, is write something on a card. And really, everybody in here could probably write something. If they're in a life group, they can say, I'm committed. If they take on a leadership role or, or offer up their home or whatever the case may be, they could do that. If they're not in a life group, but they'll say, I- I'll try it. I- I'll get in. I'll be committed. I know I need this in my life. I-, I know that nothing is more important in my life than my relationship with God and my relationship with the body of Christ. So Lord, uh, as we pause for just a few moments, would you just help us to effectively use this tool that you've given us for our own good, spiritually speaking, for the good of this body, that cross-culture church might have the chemistry that the church in Acts chapter 2 had. It wasn't perfect. We're not perfect. But when it works right, Lord God, it works spectacularly well. And then would you use us in our life groups to draw others to you, to touch other lives. Relationships are the purpose of life. And at Cross Culture Church in Raleigh, life groups are the best tool we have for building relationships with God and with each other. We're happy that you have listened to this special edition of Crosswalk and encourage you to join us next week as Pastor Clay continues with the series 2012, The Days After Tomorrow. We're glad you joined us for this week's message on Crosswalk. 
Each week, Pastor Clay opens the Bible and brings out its exciting and practical truths to apply to our lives. Cross Culture Church is a new church in North Raleigh, but instead of religion, we're about relationships. And instead of rituals, we practice realness. We meet Sundays at 1030 at Leesville Road High School, a mile and a half south of I-540, exit 7. And we welcome anyone looking for a place to learn about God's plan for their life. At Cross Culture Church, we experience the liberating, satisfying, life-changing power of the cross. And it's our desire to bring that power to a culture in need of freedom, hope, and joy. We hope you'll come join us on a Sunday morning. We'll save a seat for you. I'm not the water, I'm not the bread, but I know the place where your soul is fed. So hungry and thirsty, come and be blessed. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. I want to lead you to the cross. Cross Culture Church. Taking the cross to our culture and taking our culture to the cross. Visit us online at crossculturelife.org.